You are listening to the Revolutionary Force and Professional Wrestling Podcast for over 20 years. Reviews, interviews, shoots, news, and opinions like no other. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Ring Scoops. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Ring Scoops podcast right here on ringscoops.com, anchor.fm slash ringscoops, and anywhere else that you decide to listen to your favorite podcasts. And I want to thank everybody out there for tuning in here to the Ring Scoops podcast. Um, I don't say this often, but I want everybody out there to know that I love each and every one of you. For the last 21 years that I've been doing ring scoops here, coming up on 21 years, it has been an honor and a privilege to be able to get on this microphone whenever I have an opportunity to do it. Lately, it's been every week again. Years ago, I used to do it weekly. I did two shows a week back in the day. It's It's been a hell of a ride coming up on 21 years this coming February. I want to thank you guys for all your love and support over the years. I really appreciate it. And I appreciate each and every one of you. Whether we've traveled the road together, if we've never met, if you've listened to my voice, you've listened to my colleagues' voices, if we've read anything that you have sent to us on the air back in the day when we did the one and only true World Wrestling Radio, if you called up to that show, I want to thank you for that. It has been an honor and a privilege to do ringscoops.com with you guys over the last 21 years. So on that note, this is going, I'm recording this on Thursday night, but it's going to be available to everybody out there on uh, Friday, October 30th, 2020. So 2020, I know it's been, it's been a crazy year for everybody. Some people have had it worse than others. I've had a, you know, I would like to think that my 2020 hasn't has been as bad as 90% of the people out there. I've had some things that affected, you know, my way of living, obviously, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm alive, I'm breathing, I'm above ground, which is a good thing. I got everybody around me that I love, that I support, they support me as well. And I got a roof over my head and obviously my belly's full. So that's what, uh, that's, that's what it's all about right there. Um, those that have lost loved ones this year, you know, my uh, my deepest sympathy and condolences go out to you. Uh, like I said, 2020 has been a really rough year. It really has. It's been, it's been crazy. It's been brutal. We're almost out of it. We got a couple of days to go. I don't like, like I said uh, last week with Mac, we brought it up a little bit. We don't like to get political on here. So this is the only, I guess, political thing I'm going to say. But, we're a couple of days away from an election here in the United States up for grabs. It's the presidency of the United States. There's a couple of governorships that are up, some uh, seats for Congress, Senate, and whatnot. The only thing I'm going to say is this, because I'm, I'm, I'm not going to, you know, I don't like to talk publicly about politics. I don't like talking private either, but uh, the most responsible thing you can do, whether, you know, I don't care who you're voting for. The most responsible thing to do is, is to put a vote out there. Don't just sit back and not vote. Do your job. People say that the best public service that you can do is to do jury duty, which is true. But every November, when there's anything on the ballot, something, a small city council, all the way up to the presidency of the United States, 
your duty in this country is is to vote. And please do it and do it responsibly. That's all I'm going to say. The only thing politics I'm going to mention. All right, let's move on to some wrestling here, right? I got some news. Um, we got the jukebox this week. DA's going to join me for that. Um, uh, Kat's going to be on for a segment. And believe it or not, it's been a long time, but Blade's going to be on the show. Uh, later on, myself, Blade, and Kat, we're going to talk about some, uh, you know, we're going to relive some memories of, of wrestling merchandise over the years. Stuff we've always wanted, stuff that we had, stuff that, you know, we always wanted to get, stuff that we never got. Just good memories of that. Video games, t-shirts, action figures, uh, koozies. I mean, all kinds of merchandise. That was a fun discussion. It's good stuff. And, of course, you know, DA and I doing the jukebox. We always get a, a nice little random topic to talk about there. And then later on in the night, I'm going to also uh, give my brief thoughts on Hell in the Cell. And, uh, you know, I'll give a comment or two about Bound for Glory as well because I kind of I didn't watch the whole thing, but I, I watched enough of it. I, I browsed through it. So we'll talk about that later on. But real quick, some of the stuff going on in the world of professional wrestling, as far as news goes, as far as this recording, I guess Cat uh, was telling me earlier when we were in a, in a call on Discord with DA, Cat uh, was talking about today, I guess, was the, the day that a lot of the wrestlers in the WWE, a lot of the personalities, they had to end their Twitch streams and Patreons and OnlyFans and all these other services and I don't want to get too deep into that, but um, everybody knows my stance on that. You got all the power in the world until the ink is on the paper. And then the power is in the hands of those that are giving you paycheck. So I'll just leave it at that. Ryback knows what's up and he's dumb. <laughs> Not dumb enough though. He's still making money. He owns his name. So that's all I'm going to say about that. Uh, today, the WWE uh, announced their earnings report for the third quarter here in 2020. One thing that stood out that made me open my eyes a little bit was when they said that they announced there's going to be a multi-part documentary about Vince McMahon with Bill Simmons producing it, executive producing. Uh, this is going to be on Netflix. I think that's uh, that's a big thing right there. I would. I mean, I know they were trying to work on that one movie called Pandemonium. They're trying to get, um, uh, what's his name, uh, the guy from uh, A Star Is Born. I can't remember his fucking name right now, but they were trying to get him to play Vince. And I was looking forward to that movie. That's been a talk for the last couple of years now, probably almost five years. But uh, with them to actually announce a multi-part documentary about Vince McMahon for Netflix, that was pretty exciting to me. Uh, I'm definitely looking forward to this. I love the documentaries and Vince McMahon is the kind of guy that really hasn't seen much screen time when it, when it comes to those kind of things. Like we had the McMahon DVD that came out and it was phenomenal, but that was a long time ago. That was what, 2006, 2007. So I mean, there's a lot of ground to cover after that. So I'm looking forward to that too. I guess one thing they, they also announced here uh, in this earnings report was about Stephanie McMahon and her uh, her role as the chief brand officer, and I guess like they uh, they kind of gave her um, a little bit more to do in the WWE um, that she has increased responsibilities is the terminology they used. And according to Mike Johnson, the PW Insider, he said that um, I guess she's doing um, global sales and partnerships now. That falls under you know her thing right there and. Uh, 
It includes sponsorships, other relationships and whatnot. And there was a guy named John Brody that was heading that area. He's still within the company, still doing the same role, but he's going to actually report to Stephanie now. Apparently, this took place uh, back in August, but it wasn't announced until today in that call. Uh, more things about that uh, third quarter, which, I mean, that makes me happy. I'm a stockholder. You know, I own some, some shares of uh, WWE stock, so I always enjoy seeing these. Um, here are the highlights. Uh, the revenue was $221.6 million, which is an increase of 19%. Or an increase of thirty-five point three million. Uh, operating income was sixty-three point four mil, which was an increase nine times from uh, or nine percent or whatever it was from fucking last year. Um, the uh, adjusted operating income before uh, depreciation and whatnot, um, eighty-four point three mil, with an increase of. Uh, more than $58.9 million. It says here, WWE Thunderdome debuted in the Amway Center in Florida, Orlando, Florida, provided an interactive virtual experience for fans, recreates the in-ring atmosphere. Uh, since they have not been able to perform in, uh, with an event with ticketed fans since mid-March 2020, the WWE Network average paid viewers were $1.6 million, which was an increase as I don't know what the hell was going on there in that sound. Um, there was an increase of 6%. Digital video views were $9.2 billion. Increase of 3%. That is crazy. E-commerce revenue was $9.1 million, which was an increase of 60%, offsetting the loss of venue merchandise sales to 74 fewer events in the quarter. So there you go. Last piece of news here. Here we go, ladies and gentlemen. We got some ratings news. Ooh, yeah. The October 28th edition of AEW Dynamite on TNT drew 781,000 overnight viewers, up from last week's 753,000. And uh, they did a point thirty-two in the demo. Last week they had a point thirty. The Halloween Havoc Edition NXT did 876,000 overnight viewers, up from last week's 644,000. They did a point twenty-five in the demo, up from last week's point sixteen. So, this week, NXT takes the win. AEW has a huge majority of wins over NXT, but it seems like Halloween Havoc was a success. I saw a lot of positive things about it earlier. Like I said, in the, I had a call earlier with DA, Blade, and Cat and everything. And Cat was uh, talking about how much uh, Halloween Havoc was a really good show. I have not personally seen it yet. We're going to watch it after I put this podcast up. But I'm excited because there's a lot of people talking really good stuff about it. So, Halloween Havoc, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, I, oh, I played the wrong thing. Oh, God. I feel like a huge dumb ace. Well, you listen to the Ring Suits podcast. We're going to take a break and we'll come back with the jukebox. Juke, 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 jukebox with the DA. You're listening to the Ring Suits podcast. I'm the webmaster, Wade Needham. We'll be right back.
All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back here. The Ring Scoops Podcast. Yeah, yeah, you know it. You know it. Uh-huh. The Webmaster Wade Needham here with my buddy, the DA. What's going on, DA? Not much. What's going on, Webmaster? Oh, not much with that. Uh, yeah, yeah. I love that jam right there, man. Going to give somebody a stink face is what we're going to be fucking doing, huh? Yeah, yeah. We're gonna back it up and. Uh, last Sunday, Hell in a Cell, man. They had uh, Sika and Afa out there, and like I made a prediction. I was like, I'm, you know, we had to play the fucking Rikishi theme, but I think Rikishi should come into this Roman Reigns and the Usos program. Like, can you imagine like Survivor Series? It's the Usos and Rikishi versus Roman Reigns, and Roman Reigns puts Rikishi away. Imagine that. Or Rikishi goes with Roman and he's like, screw you guys. You guys didn't do shit. I brought you in <laughs> to you this world. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> brought you into this world and what have you done? All you guys get a bunch of fucking DUIs and shit. Yeah. I didn't raise you to do that. It's 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 a one parent's uh, you know disappointment to see one of the sons do it, but the carbon copy making the same mistake? Come on, man. <laughs> Roman, he fucking beat leukemia. Oh, 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 you're going that route. Oh, you just pissed off uh, all of our fan base with like two people. <laughs> Man, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. I'll tell you this, my brother. This is the jukebox here on the Ring Scoops podcast. Oh, and it's just a powerful segment every single week, especially when he got you on the air, DA. And right. I, I got the music pulsating through my body right now, and everybody knows the rules here. As we play a theme song for a couple seconds, we get our shock, our value, and we get uh, uh, we get emotions and memories coming in, and we talk about whatever comes to our mind for a good 10, 15 minutes, right? That's right, brother. And we had problems the last time, didn't we? <laughs> yeah. We always had, we, we got problems. We got problems all the time. We had to have Mark Henry have a second attempt trying to rip that door off that cage. <laughs> That's what we had to do. Why can't he rip the goddamn door off the goddamn cage? God <laughs> I love that shit, man. When I that thought he was the strongest goddamn man in the world. <laughs> Oh, yeah. But yes, the jukebox. Play a random theme. Usually in the past, we, what we do is we just go to Spotify and we just hit random and just like whatever comes up. And we neither of us know, but we're, we're changing it here. We're doing it Dungeons and Dragons style. I'm the dungeon master and you're just, you know, you're, you're Carlos the dwarf. And uh, you don't know what's coming up around the bend. Is it going to be the... Uh, uh, suplex machine is it going to be the Punjabi prince uh, you know the hijab squad we we don't know we don't know but are you ready I'm ready okay we're going to play this theme right now here we go Just close your eyes. If you just close your eyes. 
<laughs> did you close your eyes? I did. But can we play it one more time? Hey, it's your show. You make the rules. One more time. Ask all my peeps out there, can we play this one more time? You ain't got no people. I don't. I, I got short people. <laughs> short people got no reason to live. I'll start the conversation here. It's Christian. Christian Cage. Christian, whatever you want to call him, right? Edge's little brother. 1999, November 29th, 1999, was backstage at the Staples Center because of the Starlight Children's Foundation, which I will always forever be grateful, and I always donate at least two or three times a year to them. And you guys should too, starlight.org. I got to go backstage at Monday Night Raw at the Staples Center, and I met a lot of different wrestlers, so many of them. Fabulous Moolah, uh, British Bulldog, you know, Shane McMahon was there, Test, all these guys, right? The Rock. Christian was there too. I was a big fan of Edge and Christian when I was a teenager. And after I met Christian, I was a big Christian fan after that because he was just so cool and down to earth. He's one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. He's actually, he's my third favorite wrestler of all time. Uh, that's, that, that's my start of the whole fucking thing there. What, what comes to your mind about Christian? Uh, specifically that that theme music when when I hear that I think of the uh, silver huge ass ECW title belt that he held on to <laughs> yeah and uh, you know he defended you know on countless ECW episodes and uh, it was a great run you know and uh, it, it just it, it was a little disappointing because like oh this is really you left TNA to be the ECW champion, they give him a, a real shot with a, with a real belt. And then it, it wasn't long after that he, he finally got that world title win. Hey, here's my question to you about that. I'm glad you brought that up. Do you think Christian would have been the world champion had Edge not had that injury and had to retire? I always thought Christian had the it factor to be a world champion. And it, it's just sad that he had to go to TNA to prove it, to show it to the guys in the WWE. Like, hey, look, I could be a champion. I can carry a company. I could, I could do th great things. You know, he was more than just a great intercon intercontinental champion or, or just a great guy that can do ladder matches. The guy had range. Oh, he did, yeah. But I mean, like this specific situation, because remember, he was still kind of floundering. He was still Edge's little sidekick, but Edge got injured. He had to retire and they slid him into that spot and put him in that feud with Randy Orton for the world title. And if Edge had still been going, do you think Christian still would have been like, you know, on the, on the sideburn? I think for a while longer. Yeah, but I, I could see eventually them giving him the belt. I'd like to hope so. Because like you said, you know, I mean, I, I wouldn't go to the extent of saying it's it's sad that he had to go to another company to do that. That's often happened. I mean, Drew McIntyre did the same thing. He went to Impact and, you know, became a top guy. And he went back to NXT. And, we, you know, I mean, it took him a little while since he went back to the E to get where he is right now. But 2020, if it's been good to anybody, it's been good to Drew McIntyre. Yeah, but uh, in Drew McIntyre's case, you know, he left... And then he came back 
bigger and more talented. Like Christian's been consistently putting on phenomenal matches his entire career. Uh, the only real time he changed up his look is when he cut his hair. Oh, and that was a game changer for him. Yeah, and uh, you know he never really changed up much of his move set except for his finisher. Yeah, I always liked his talk show segment too, the Peep Show. I was that was cool. The the name of it was cool. The look with the stage made it, it like you know with the neon lights and made it kind of look like a red light district kind of shit, like a New York and Amsterdam kind of feel. Yep. Like you were gonna go see a Peep Show, like you know, like well, like Blade's used to, you know, like Blade goes to Peep Shows. <laughs> Out Happy birthday, city. Blade. Happy, yeah, you're right. Fuck, I forgot about that. Fucking uh, the big 6-0, too. Like, how do we forget shit like that, man? I know. This dude's like five years away from retiring. He's a hard worker. But, I mean, I just, I know I'm beating a dead horse here, but Christian had it all. He, he had the in-ring talent, and he had the talent outside the ring, on the mic. Yeah, charisma. He was Captain Charisma. Yeah, yeah, hell yeah, it was. <laughs> His talk show was pretty memorable, you know, in, in a world where pretty much anyone can get a talk show on or a talk show segment, I should say. Yeah. You know, like, I think the KO show is forgettable. I, agree I, don't, I don't think Kevin Owens brought anything new to the the talk show segment. I think the most memorable KO talk show segment was with him and Jericho. And it was because of Jericho. Yeah. When Jericho was still good. You know, not, not the shit he's putting on Wednesday nights right now. I, Christian, he had a hell of a run and impact though. Like, and I'll always remember too, it wasn't long after when he uh, debuted in impact, when they started doing the monthly conference calls for TNA mm-hmm. with, with the media and whatnot. And, and we, Ring scoops at the time we were world world dash wrestling.net, you know, doing the the real one and only world wrestling radio. We were invited to these calls every month, and I remember the first one was Christian. And I just remember how excited I was, dude. Like it felt like Christmas, and it was ironic because it was in December, but it felt like Christmas to me being able to talk to this guy again. Uh, I believe this was 2005 going into 2006. And even though I had met him in person, but I was a teenager at the time. You know, I didn't know shit. I didn't have internet that much at the time. I was just getting into the whole online shit. So, like, I was really geeking out. Like, oh, my God, you're a Christian. You're a wrestler. You're in front of me. You know, being 15, 16 years old. But much later on in life, being able to talk to these guys. And by then, I was so immune to, like, the whole fandom thing. I still geek out over certain guys. But having those years of running the show and doing interviews, by the time I got to talk to Christian it was a much different thing and I was able to kind of relax and have a conversation with the guy on the phone. And that's a, that's a, a beautiful thing. I think I know blade felt the same way about sting and I can't remember. Have, have we ever had you on when we did an interview with anybody? No, I, I don't think I've been on during any interviews. I think the closest would to consider or compare to that would be, um, when I had you go to the bookstore for Shawn Michaels book, right? Yeah. Yeah. I still thank you for that. Thank you so much. Yeah, no problem, man. I got that book on my bookshelf right next to the Ted DiBiase one. But uh, going back to Christian, I, you know, the the one thing about Christian that, you know, we got to mention here is unlike a lot of guys, he was able to leave on his own terms. He wasn't forced to retire due to an injury or, you know, for whatever reason. 
And he's actually stayed retired. He hasn't come back for, you know, one-shot deals here and there as far as matches go. You know, make appearances and whatnot. But, you know, he stayed true to it, and that's because uh, on the, you know, he's uh, been good with his money. (laughs) Sort of like Mick Foley (laughs) and Owen Hart. (laughs) I I don't know. Can you say he left on his own terms, though? Because I could have sworn... That, you know, he left uh, because of the, the concussion thing. Like he had like the Daniel Bryan thing, right? They wouldn't let him come back because of the the concussions. Well, we can edit all that out, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, no, I mean it's yeah. I'm just wondering. I, I that's what I always assumed. If he left on his own fucking thing, I mean more power to him. I totally agree all with right. you on that. Yeah, I, I don't remember the concussion thing, but that does sound familiar now. Yeah, because I think that's why he hasn't wrestled in nine years. Which sucks, because it was like, you know, Edge had the neck thing, and then, like, Christian got the big rub with Orton, you know, in spring and summer of 2011. And I think by 2012, he came back for a very small run, and then that was it. I don't think he wrestled any time after that. Yeah. But... I there's a lot of rumblings about him coming back though, because what? Yeah, well, yeah, because you know he's been a little bit more involved now than you know they did the Randy Orton and Edge program over the summer, and Christian came in a couple shots on Raw there, but because Daniel Bryan was able to come back from his stuff, you know what I mean, and now Edge is back too. I think there's rumblings, or at least there were in the summertime, because when Edge was still doing the program with Orton that Christian could have gotten involved. Don't know if that's going to happen now, but Edge still has he, to come back, though. I wonder if he does want to come back, Christian, that is. One last match. Remember, that was the thing. That was the whole campaign with him and Randy Orton. He kept saying, one more match. Yep. So, God damn, let's have one more match. Let's, <laughs> but you know what? Let's finish the Edge and, and Orton thing, right? Orton's got the belt, which is great because I think he's going to run into WrestleMania with it. Edge might even go to WrestleMania when he comes back. There might be a redo. There's the, the talk about uh, WrestleMania not happening in L- L.A. because California is still being closed. If Florida's opened up and if things still stay the same, they might move WrestleMania to, to Tampa, have like a reset button. And there was also rumors... That um, that Drew was going to win the Rumble and go on to WrestleMania, but what if Orton? I mean, not Orton, but Edge came back into the Royal Rumble again as his big return, wins it, and you got Edge and Orton at WrestleMania. So we're just going to redo twenty twenty all over again. Yeah, <laughs> we're like redo. Yeah, yeah. Essentially, I mean, with a couple you know minor changes, you don't have Brock or anything like that. I think Drew should have went over to SmackDown. Because you could have built up a really good program to have Drew chase Roman Reigns. But obviously we know that if they are going to be in a live crowd, and I know we've gotten away from Christian, but if they're going to be in a live crowd, you you got to WrestleMania, got to do Roman and Rock. And I know Rock said he's open to it. But let's go back to Christian real quick and let's wrap things up. Uh, any final thoughts on Christian? Any final memories? Anything that you want to say about him? I just remember Austin calling him a... Uh... C L B <laughs> and creepy little bastard. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. I don't know why I still remember that, but uh, you know, hell of a wrestler, hell of a talker, hell of a career. And yeah. 
phenomenal freaking music. I love the music. The one that we played, I think, was a really good theme that he had. Um, I know, like when we did Vindu CAW, I, I, my mold, I molded my character after Christian, and people saw it. I didn't care. It was good. It was good shit. It was very good shit. Uh, Da, anything you want to uh, shout outs, plugs, or anything like that before we head out? Uh, if you want to hear more of my sultry, beautiful, deep voice, you can listen to me on my podcast with my buddy Rob. It's called Two Guys Drinking. That's the number two. And you can listen to us on anywhere that you you get your podcasts or anchor.fm slash two, the number two, guys drinking. That's two it. Two guys? Not just one, but it's you get two of you? Yeah. Oh, Ghost. oh boy. Oh, oh boy. All right. Thank you uh, so much, Dave, for joining us with the jukebox this week. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we're going to take a break. We'll come back in a little bit with the webmaster, Wade Needham. You are listening to the Ring Scoops podcast right here on ringscoops.com. Ladies and gentlemen, we're back here on the Ring Scoops Podcast. I am the webmaster, Wade Needham. And joining me this week is we all rock out the rockabilly. We got old Blade and Cat. What's up? What's up? <laughs> Good old rockabilly, man. Billy Gunn. Billy Gunn. Billy Gunn. Billy Gunn. Billy Gunn. The New Age Outlaws. Back in the day. Back in the day. Talking about back in the day. Back in the day. Back in the day. We... We're going to talk about wrestling merchandise, wrestling uh, toys, video games, T-shirts, the good stuff, man, like that made us as kids and teenagers excited and all that kind of stuff. I was thinking about that this week, uh, you know, seeing some old retro videos on YouTube and stuff, and it just got me in the mood. And I don't know about you, Cat and Blade, but like for me, like growing up, like there was a lot of cool wrestling merchandise I always wanted. I had like what people nowadays call, you know, like a wish list. But back then we didn't have that. And you'd see like the magazine that had a catalog and I always wanted to do it, but I was like five or six years old, you know, 15 years old, didn't have an income. Things were different back then than they are now. Kids are on like only fans making money and <laughs> it's fucking weird. But, um, I'll start with you, Kat. When you were younger, was there like wrestling merchandise that you always wanted that you never got? Most definitely. Yeah, like what? Like different t-shirts and stuff. Yeah. But that's mainly the one thing I can think of. There would be some toys, but I could mainly think of a lot of t-shirts and stuff that I would Yeah, she just wanted the toys to make out with a Barbie. (laughs) Whatever, weirdo. For those out there that don't know, uh, Cat and Blade are siblings. (laughs) So... 
we got a little dynamic going on here on the program. After and all, my fault she played with naked Barbies. Naked Barbies. Just saying, guys. No, just no, saying. No Ken dolls, just all Barbies. It was just all Barbies. Wow. This coming from the guy that would always make them naked and make them go crazy. <laughs> Did you? Yeah, make... I was bored, man. I had to make them dance. I got, I got a question now. I'm, I'm, my interest is peaked in this situation here. Um, Blade, uh, did you ever take any of the naked Barbies from hers and have them ride the My Little Ponies or anything? No. No? Did you ever have a My Little Pony? I don't think so. Yeah, yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. You had one. It, was, it wasn't a My Little Pony, but she did have a horse. She had a horse? <laughs> he did have a horse that was a little bit bigger than a My Little Pony actor figure thing. That's DA's favorite porn, chicks and horses. <laughs> Poor guy. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? I mean, he's he's been waiting all week for some merchandise, but he hasn't gotten any. But going back to the little merchandise thing, Blade, uh, any wrestling merchandise you ever always wanted as a kid? Uh, me and my sister, we both wanted shirts, a lot of shirts. I mean, we didn't, you know, we, we you know, everybody most of the time grew up in a rough life back in the 90s and everything. So, you know, we couldn't your family couldn't afford very much, but you know, when we did, we, you know, sometimes I got a couple wrestlers, uh, you know, little mini wrestlers or something, but I wouldn't open the package. I always kept them, you know, just in case I ever can get a monograph kind of thing. Oh yeah. Okay. What kind of t-shirts in particular, like was like the, the kind of fashion that you'd be into? I'm assuming it's sting, right? Um, sting, uh, I got a t. They got me a T-shirt one year. Uh, it was uh, when WCW was still on. It was the white and black NWO, mm. and I and I got a permanent marker and a, a red permanent marker and painted that shit red <laughs> for the Wolfpack. Because yeah. I'm like, I do not like white and black. I want this sucker to be red. But they were all out of red when my parents got it. So I fucking just permanent marker that shit. It's after two two washes, the damn thing was pink. <laughs> same thing happened to me. I had an NWO black and white shirt. I did the same thing, turned pink. And I, at the uh, uh, the Cherry Festival in Beaumont, every June they had the Cherry Festival. The carnival coming to town. I won. It was like a cat in a hat style hat, but it was black and white NWO, and I felt you know like that kind of yep. material, and I colored that. Uh, red and after one wash that turned pink too and I never wore it ever again it stayed in my closet the whole time because I wasn't gonna I, I actually shocking enough I still have it do you I still have the t-shirt oh wow to this day I still have it and it's still pink <laughs> I won't wear it I'm I'm, big, I'm a lot bigger than I than I was but oh yeah same here I kept it for you know the memories you know um when I was uh, when I turned 15, uh, summer of '98, I was in Louisiana, and I always always wanted a, a DX T-shirt, but I could never find where to get them out here in, in SoCal. But yeah. we were in a mall there. Uh, it was myself, my cousin, my grandmother, and my mom, and we were in the mall, and I saw they had uh, WWF and WCW T-shirts, and I was like going crazy over the DX one. And my grandma got me the DX shirt for my birthday that year. That shit made my year, man, having that DX shirt. I, I found an old leather jacket that was uh, 
belonged to my grandfather. And I wore that with the, the DX shirt and some jeans to school. I was going around like I was Triple H doing the crotch chopped everybody and getting in trouble. It was good times. Telling everybody to suck it. <laughs> yeah, dude. My freshman year in high school, uh, my buddy Jesus and I, we got kicked out of the public library for going around telling people to suck it in the library. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> we did stupid shit like that, you know? But, you know, when I was a lot younger, though, one of my all-time favorite things I had, and I don't know if you guys had any of these, but I had the Hulk Hogan wrestling buddy pillow doll thing. You remember that when they had like, the Hulk uh, not Hogan? When, not growing up as a child, but I do actually have one. Do you? We we actually found one at a, th- uh, at a secondhand store. Yeah? You know, and uh, it was still brand new. Like WWF, right? Not WCW. No, WWE or WCW. Oh, the, oh, Hollywood Hogan. No, Diamond Dallas Page. Oh, DDP. Yeah, I still have that as we speak. Oh wow, Cat, uh, did you feel the bang? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I probably hit her. I I did probably hit her outside the head with it a couple times, you know. So it was Cat and DDP versus Blade. Yep. <laughs> no, I hit her. Yeah, with it. DDP, it was me and DDP versus her. Oh, so you guys double teamed your sister. <laughs> yeah. There's right. a reason yeah, I have fight. a messed up knee. All right. <laughs> you heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. DDP and Blade double teamed Cat. Okay. <laughs> you know, I one another thing I always wanted, I don't know if you guys, you ever you remember the old foam championship belts that they had? Yeah. Yeah, kind of, yeah I reckon it. Yeah, like the material from like the foam fingers, but they made them into a title belt and put a little plastic on the, you know, for like the. Yeah. I always wanted the Intercontinental title one. And I, I went over to a buddy's uh, house. It was probably like, I don't know, eight or nine. And he had those with the tag team titles. He had two tag belts. God, I was so jealous of that. You ever had that too? Would you go to a friend's house and they got something you always wanted and you just got jealous? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, me and my buddy of mine back in the day, him and his brother, we would always compare what toys we had for wrestling. Yeah? And they would always win, you know? It was like... <laughs> well, more like than I said, just... it's that, 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 that living, you know, just surviving life, you know? Yeah. I always wanted the foam LOD shoulder pads, too, with the foam spikes and all that. That was... That... Yep. That always looked cool, and like in the catalogs, they had like the Ultimate Warrior uh, face paint that you can buy, and the kit and all that, mm-hmm. and the old old action figures, like the late eighties, early nineties, they had the the hard plastic LJN action figures with the blue wrestling ring. Had yeah, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. Back in the day, the old ring. Yeah, oh, I loved those. I had the Raw as War ring, too, with the uh, six-inch Jacks action figures. I had so many of those, I had a, a whole duffel bag full of them. Um, we actually never had our own ring. No? No. No, no me and her, she shared a room, so, I mean, we, you know, most of our toys, we, you know, depending on what they were, was shared, so. Yeah? You, you, to, uh, Blade, you play with the Strawberry Shortcake toys? <laughs> no. <laughs> That stayed that stayed on her side. Yeah. Did you have any of those, Cat? Yes. Cat, <laughs> your voice got deep. <laughs> wow. All right. What about uh, uh video games? Let's go video games because oh geez, video games have always been a big thing in a lot of people's lives. And Blade, I know you're a big video game guy. 
Oh yeah, I own I own almost every single video game of theirs. Yeah, almost. Even the old WCW ones too. Yep. I used to I I used to own uh, all the WCWs. I don't know. Uh, I gotta figure out what they are, but I think I still probably own every single WCW game. Um, was it on NES? Was that a WCW game or was it the NWA that had it? I think it was like the Road Warriors are on the cover of it. Um, I don't recall. I think that that might be one I didn't have. I know there's quite a few NES, uh, wrestling games. Yeah. Um, cause I know like some of them, they weren't even company wise. Hmm. Um, no, there was a WCW one. Yeah. There was WCW and uh, a couple WWF ones because they did. They made uh, the WWF. I know they made them in arcade too. Oh, they made a bunch mm-hmm. of them. WWE. They their marketing was genius when it came to video games in in the nineties. Oh yeah, but I, I think mean, still you might have been right. I think it might be an NWA game. Was it? NWA? Yeah, I think that one was NWA. Yeah, so I think he had like eight playable characters or something like that. It was a, it was a fun game at the time. Going back and playing now, it probably is shit, but... Yeah. I had a lot of memories going across the street to uh, my friend Shannon's house because uh, she had uh, Steel Cage Challenge on the NES, and that was always a, a fun one to play. It, it was WCW Wrestling. Was it? Yep. Okay, okay. Kat, what about you? It like was their uh, first one in 89. Any, any uh, wrestling video games that, like, come out in your mind like right away cat mm, i would always think like the old smackdown versus raw games it's one that comes to my mind sometimes yeah you know like the older most games. of the time i got the game yeah she yeah you know i was the game i was the one that owned the consoles and i she just would be playing with well, let me ask Blade you this, two Blade, because uh, you know, a while ago you were talking about you know hard times, but if you will, but uh, hard times and everything like that. How would you procure your video games later in life? Now? No, like back in the oh, day. Oh, before? Like fifteen years <laughs> ago. Well, I was on Social Security fifteen minutes years ago. Yeah. Uh, my younger years, nineties wise, my parents just uh, you know they'd save up money and like a birthday or Christmas, you know, we get a game. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, you had a birthday like two my, weeks you know, ago. My didn't birthday you? was just yeah, my, my birthday was two days ago. So yeah, like yeah, like, I've always Fridays. had, you know, my my birthday, depending on, like how my family used to be back when when we were younger, we, me and my three cousins all had birthdays in October. Mm. So we'd always celebrate our birthdays together on a day. It didn't matter what it was. Sometime in October, we were celebrating all our birthdays with my grandparents. And then on my birthday, my parents would, you know, I'd get presents for my parents. Yeah, I'm having deja vu because that kind of feels like a couple times in October that we kind of celebrated your birthday. But um, let me ask you this. You ever had Warzone, the video game, the Warzone? The Warzone? I mean, not the Warzone. It's WWF Warzone. Uh, yeah. The first game to have CAW. Yeah. Yeah, I had that. Yeah. That was a fun game. Oh, yeah. They had uh, win-loss records on the on the CAWs that you'd make, too. Like in the menu, you remember it was like an elevator, and you go down to the basement, and you could see like the yeah. bio and all that stuff. I, the graphics were awesome at that time. You know, that, that day and age where you just you travel through the, the freaking... Arena or whatever backstage it did. 
Yeah, because I remember I made a, I made a Goldberg CAW and I had him undefeated. He was 198 and 0, and I was playing with my buddy <laughs> uh, my buddy Ben at the time. And I guess I pissed him off, and he grabbed the controller out of my hand, threw it across the room, and he pinned my dude. So he had like the one loss on his record. Yeah. And it pissed me off so bad, I deleted the CAW and remade him, and got back up to like 200 and 0. <laughs> Took me forever. I, I I never got pissed off. <coughs> Lies. <laughs> Not my fault. Someone doesn't know how to play. <laughs> Lies. Coming from the guy who would cry to mom every time he started I never to cried. lose. I never <laughs> cried. Somebody just kept repeating the same damn thing over and over. I'm like, do something Jeff else. Does it now and it drives me nuts. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, when you get someone that just constantly punches, 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 but they don't do anything else. No grapples, nothing, and you can't deflect it or anything. You yeah. know, when it was a lot harder to, uh, to reverse shit. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what she, that's her. That's how she was. Well, she just tapped one button. And yeah. I'm sitting there trying to have a wrestling match, you know? Here you go, Wade. I'll, I'll have you go old school. Jeff just got his Nintendo 64 to work. Oh, really? And the other day, he was playing WrestleMania 2000. Okay. That was, uh, that came out after No Mercy, right? Yeah. Okay, you know, No Mercy's a game that gets a lot of accolades. I I never played it when I was out. It wasn't my cup of tea when I played it many years later, but, I mean, there's a lot of people out there that really love No Mercy and, and WrestleMania 2000. But, I was uh, just laughing because I walk into the room and he's playing, and I'm like, man, what's up with these graphics? <laughs> I You know what, by today's standards, though, I mean, they're not too bad off, though. I mean, those, no, no. those were still good-looking games. Mm-hmm. Uh, here comes the pain will always be close to my heart because that was the game that started Slamming Jam. And that was a big one there. I know a lot of people out there freaking, you know, they found Ring Scoops and World-Wrestling.net because of, like, Slamming Jam and stuff. So I always give that a lot of credit is here comes the pain. But, um, yeah, I mean, that was a lot of really cool stuff, you know, going back and revisiting some of the merchandise stuff. and. I, Blade and Cat, I want to thank you so much for joining me on this segment here on the Ring Scoops podcast. And um, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about Hell in the Cell. So stay tuned. You're listening to the Ring Scoops podcast. I'm the webmaster, Wade Needham. We're the Spirit Squad, ladies and gentlemen. We're here on the Ring Scoops Podcast. And don't forget your favorite Spirit Squad member, the Webmaster Wade Needham. <laughs> you know, this Spirit Squad theme, it reminds me a lot of uh, the Steiner Brothers theme from the 90s. When Steiner Brothers were there in WWE for about a year, year and a half or so. It kind of reminds me of, of that theme. Let me play the Steiner Brothers theme real quick. You guys can hear this. 
Now let me play the Spirit Squad again. And now the Steiner Brothers again. And they're almost the same. It's I just noticed that. Like after all these years, I, I've never I've never noticed that. That's that's crazy. Steiner Brothers and the Spirit Squad, the Spirit Squad, the Steiner Brothers, the Spirit Steiners, the Steiner Squad. I think we see some potential there. The Steiner Squad. That's how you do it, ladies and gentlemen. All right, real quick. Um, so we had Bound for Glory last Saturday, and then we had uh, Hell in a Cell on Sunday. I'm going to talk a little bit more in depth about Hell in a Cell. I just want to give just a real quick thing about uh, Bound for Glory. Uh, all right. I like Impact. There's a lot of characters over there on Impact that I really like. I think Impact has been one of the most uh, successful companies in 2020, uh, to be honest. Uh, they've kind of already been doing like the business practices that, you know, AEW had to get adjusted to and WWE, what they had to get adjusted to this year. Impact's already been like ahead of the game on that. I don't mean that as a joke. Legitimately, I think they've adjusted to 2020 better than anyone else, faster than anyone else. I think WWE's finally hit their stride with the Thunderdome and now the uh, Capitol Wrestling Center, right? But uh, Bound for Glory, it just, I don't know. Um, because... It kind of just goes back to remember when WWE before they brought in the Thunderdome or the canned heat and all that kind of stuff. Like it was just, I always said that the audio hurt them big time. It just throw some canned heat in there at the performance center. It would have been all right, but they went the route of the uh, Thunderdome and you know, it just, it picked up big time. It just feels like an event. Now AEW started letting some fans in. Well, first they had, you know, the, the, the crew out there, you know, and now they got some fans at the shows and whatnot. But you had the audio. And I gave AEW a lot of credit, even though, you know, it's well documented, my thoughts on AEW. From the very beginning on that, I gave them all the credit in the world that they did it better. Having somebody out there, having some kind of ambient sound of a crowd just does it better. Impact hasn't been able to do that. Right out of the gate, they knocked it out of the park, right? And the pandemic. But now they're behind. As far as when WWE released a lot of those people in April, you know, some went to Impact, some went to Ring of Honor, some went to, you know, AEW, some went to, you know, everywhere else, right? I thought Impact was the one that benefited the most. Deanna Perrazzo is, you know, despite my feelings about her, Deanna Perrazzo, huge success. Um, Eric Young, huge success. The Good Brothers have done phenomenal work so far. Uh, Heath Slater. Just you know, really good stuff. Good pickups by that company. It is it, it strengthened their roster big time. Bound for Glory. The opening match was a, it was a six pack challenge, something like that for the X Division title. There was just to me there was just too much going on, and then without the sound of, of a crowd to to react to the spots, the X Division needs a crowd. It, it plain is simple. The X Division they need people out there to respond to that. You can't put on that kind of style with nothing going on. It just doesn't work for me. It really doesn't. So they really hampered that match for me. I don't remember much of anything else on that show. Um, the the Ken Shamrock induction thing was nice. You know, The Rock doing a video and whatnot. That was well done. That was good. That was good stuff. Um, the one match that I definitely watched all the way through 
was the Knockouts Championship match. The uh, the return of Sue Young, right? Not Susie, but Sue Young. Good stuff right there. I like it. She's the new Knockouts Champion. I'm excited for that. Uh, news broke out that they're going to bring out the Knockouts Tag Team titles. They're going to come back. Uh, I was excited for that. Uh, Eric Young and Rich Swan put on a really good match. I think it would have been a lot better if they would have had you know some people out there in the crowd but it was it was still good it was it was a main event that, that's for sure it was a it was a main event um but bound for glory like the the pandemic definitely hampered on it just like it did wrestlemania i can't be too hard on it because of that but i think i could be a little harder on bound for glory 6 7 months into the pandemic compared to wrestlemania that was like 3 weeks into the pandemic you know what i mean it's it wouldn't be fair because everybody was still trying to figure out what to do back then Impact should have known by now. They got to have some crowd sounds. They got to do that. But I mean, Bound for Glory. Uh, I would definitely. I would watch the last two matches. That's my suggestion. And it's no offense to anyone else that was on that card. It's just it, it, you know it wasn't them. It's the situation. But I'm a huge Sue Young mark, so I definitely watched that. I oh my god, I fucking love Sue Young. Tremendous talent. Tremendous talent. She is the the, the MVP over there right now. And impact wrestling. So that's my thoughts on uh, Bound for Glory. I know that was way longer than I thought I was going to talk about it. Uh, all right, let me run down the, the results real quick for Hell in a Cell. Then I give my thoughts on that too. Kind of similar how I did Bound for Glory, I guess. Uh, R-Truth defeated Drew Gulak for the 24-7 championship. That was the title was on the line. Or he retained, I guess. Uh, the opening match. Uh, I'll, I'll get into that in a minute. Uh, second match on the actual card was Elias defeated uh, Jeff Hardy via DQ. And then for the Money in the Bank contract, the Miz beat Otis after Tucker turned on Otis. So Miz now has the Money in the Bank contract and uh, Tucker turned on Otis, so they got a feud going on. Hell in a Cell match for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Sasha Banks defeated Bayley by submission to capture the championship. Um, I've seen better matches out of the two, but it was I thought it was pretty good. You know, it wasn't it wasn't a shit fest or anything like that. It was far from it. But uh, I've, I've seen better work from them. Uh, then we had a, like an impromptu match. It just came out of nowhere. Bobby Lashley defeated Slapjack to retain his uh, United States Championship. That was under four minutes. It gives a fuck about that match. Uh, Randy Orton defeated Drew McIntyre in the main event after going a half hour in Hell in a Cell. Randy Orton, the new WWE champion. But to me, the match of the night was the opening match. Roman Reigns defending the Universal Championship in a Hell in a Cell I Quit match against Jey Uso. The storytelling in that match was just off the charts, just like the, the previous match. Even more so um, that uh, afterwards, Afa and Sika were up on the stage and they kind of, you know, they passed the flame a little bit. They gave, the the elders gave the young tribal chief their blessing, right? And that made me think, you know, they got Afonsinka involved in this. I would love to see Rikishi get involved in this. I've, I've mentioned it all over the place this week. Rikishi, man. Rikishi got to get involved. Rikishi and the Usos versus Roman Reigns at Survivor Series, I think, would be a hell of a match. Three on one, right? Including Rikishi. Rikishi, man. I just want to see him wrestle again. Rikishi was one of my favorites growing up. Every every iteration of Rikishi, when he was uh, one half of the head shrinkers, 
You know what I mean? When he was uh, the Sultan. I liked the Sultan. Yeah, that character got a lot of shit. Sure, it was it was it was gimmicky. It was it was you know gaudy. It was horrible, but I like that era. Nineteen ninety six, and then like the first half of nineteen ninety seven. I just like my favorite, like the 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 end of the new generation kind of shit, right? But um, yeah, man, um, this match here, Roman Reigns, Jay Uso, phenomenal. Almost went thirty minutes. Good stuff. Jay Uso got a lot of great spots in there. Roman made him look like the man while still showing the world that he's the man, right? He's the tribal chief. And like uh, like we've said earlier, um, if WrestleMania is going to be in Tampa and there's going to be a live crowd, no doubt in my mind we're going to see Roman Reigns versus The Rock. This is building towards that. Roman Reigns and The Rock, and I can't wait for that match because this change in attitude from Roman Reigns, this inflection point from when he came back at SummerSlam and the last couple events, what he's doing on SmackDown right now is the best work of 2020. I praised Randy Orton's work over the summer and during the pandemic, and it has been good. It was very strong. In my opinion, the last month, he's lost a lot of steam. But Roman Reigns, in the last two months, has produced the best stuff out of 2020, in my opinion, in all of the world of professional wrestling. It is that strong. Roman Reigns is the guy. Roman Reigns is the tribal chief. Hell in a Cell, what do I give it? Yeah, it was all right. Um, if you're going to watch it, don't skip Roman Reigns and Jey Uso. Uh, because of the finish with Elias and Jeff Hardy, fuck that match. Miz and Otis, it gives a shit. Sasha and Bailey, don't skip that. I mean, it wasn't, it was second best match of the night, in my opinion, but um, it wasn't the strongest that those two have had. Fuck Bobby Lashley and Slapjack. Roman Reigns and Drew, I would I would pick certain spots. I would kind of skip through it. But, I mean, obviously, it's Hell in a Cell. So, the three Hell in a Cell matches, in my opinion, are the top three matches of the night. You got Roman on top. You got the, the women's title match, number two. And then you got Randy Orton and Drew McIntyre, number three. And that was, I mean, it was a good finish, too, for that one. Uh, Randy Orton and Drew McIntyre. The, the finish was phenomenal. It's good stuff. Really good stuff. Really good stuff. Hell in a Cell. Overall, three-match pay-per-view. But that goes without saying because it was, you know, those three matches were the name of the event. Hell in a Cell. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank everybody out there for tuning in to this episode of the Ring Scoops podcast right here on ringscoops.com, youtube.com slash ringscoops, anchor.fm slash ringscoops. If you would like to follow Ring Scoops on social media, it's Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, all with the same username, Ringscoops. And also twitch.ringscoops.com if you want to check out some of the live Twitch feeds. Uh, the streams that we do, it's like Slam and Jam and whatnot. It's good stuff, man. And, uh, of course, prowrestlingtees.com slash ringscoops as well for all your Ringscoops merchandise. Pro Wrestling tease.com slash ring scoops that's it 
for this episode of the Ring Scoops podcast. Thank you all for tuning in. Until next time, I'm that Ring Scoops guy saying thank you, good night, and be cool.